Hey, what's up, all you cats and kittens? <laughs> no, 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 I'm playing. Hey, this is Gift Gift Time at Baylu with the Grow Rugby Podcast. Welcome back to another one. I'm so happy to have you guys here. Obviously, if you have seen the now infamously known documentary on Netflix, Tiger Kings, then you will understand what that beginning is coming from. Uh, I'm not going to sit here and promote it because I'm not getting paid to. And basically, social media has done more than enough of that. So if you haven't seen it at this point or heard about it at this point or seen the memes, like, yo, kudos to the blind world that you're living in because... Yeah, it's it's just not gonna you're just you're just getting a blockage that is amazing. I did see it, so you know I know. But dude, it has been a wild week. I, I tried to put a podcast out for Friday last week, but I had some errors and just wasn't able to put it out the way that I wanted to. So still look for these Tuesdays and Fridays, we'll try and put out two a week. Uh try and make sure I can catch up, make sure there's things to be able to listen to and watch. It looks like we have another 30 days of quarantine in the coronavirus era. So uh, I want to make sure that there is something for you guys to gain and learn and listen to and have some fun and entertainment. Me and so many other creators that are out there. So uh, let me not pretend like I am one, but I am one unique one that will give you for this rugby cultural world that we're trying to live in. So... I hope you guys enjoyed. I have a really great guest on a guest actually on. I actually had done this for the HBCU Rugby Classic promo time. Uh, this is Prairie View A&M's Raheem Vital, as well as Mike Toussaint coming on. Two of the captains and seniors from this year's Prairie View A&M rugby team. They'd actually been a part of this HBCU Rugby Classic the last two years. So it would have been really nice to be able to have them. And you'll hear in the podcast why it's kind of unfortunate that this whole thing had to get canceled for a number of reasons, of course. But, you know, it, it particularly for them, there's a, the personal aspect that goes along with it. So, uh, But I hope you guys are having a good week. It's been wild in the rugby world. Like, we already knew that so many businesses were taking hits lately, but I don't know if we realize how many. Uh, biggest news in terms of USA Rugby is the USA Rugby, the governing body, had to file Chapter 11 bankruptcy. Uh, now, for those that don't actually know what that means, because a lot of people see bankruptcy and assume purely insolvency, and what that actually means, there's a few levels of bankruptcy, a few chapters, which the chapters. But the most known ones are Chapter 7 and Chapter 11. Well, in Chapter 7 bankruptcy, you actually are dismantling the organization. That means they have to sell off all their assets and they are just no longer able to function. And it's just a means of no longer being able to pay the debts. The debts have outweighed the uh, expense, the the revenue that's being brought in, which is something that a lot of rugby and a lot of businesses are feeling. But USA Rugby, thankfully, got a little bit of a grant from, uh, let's call it a loan, from World Rugby. Somehow World Rugby was able to pull out some money to be able to pay uh, $2.5 million to USA Rugby, not nearly enough to be able to uh, keep from uh, keep take care of all the debts, but it's going to give USA Rugby another year, and hence why they filed what is called Chapter 11, which essentially means the USA government is going to the actual government, federal government, is going to give USA Rugby or an organization that files a Chapter 11 the opportunity to be able to pay off their debts and and package their debts incrementally. So essentially they will look into any debts that can be 
uh, compressed, compacted into, uh, any debts that can be thrown to the side and any mandatory debts that have to be done. And what they'll do is create a payment plan that USA Rugby is going to have to pay. And one way or another, they're going to have to figure out how to pay this consistently. And if they miss payments, then it could lead to insolvency and essentially the federal government selling off all the assets at USA Rugby, including the ability to be able to function as a program, a nonprofit or profit um, organization, so that the, those who are being owed get their money back. Uh, so this is going to be an interesting one. I put a little poll out on Instagram uh, to see how many people thought that USA Rugby was going to actually uh, be able to figure this out. And uh, let's just say there's not a whole lot of faith, and uh, and it's with it's not without cause. I mean, we're talking about a situation that has been multiple years in the making. I think a lot of it uh, really started off from that 2014 All Blacks versus USA Rugby match in Chicago. As great as it was for numbers, it was financially horrible, and it's not just that solely. Um, because they, they really, they didn't make any money from that. Like they, they really lost a lot of money. And on top of that, like the way that they did the rights on it, like the all blacks kind of, kind of got over on, on USA rugby with that. But I mean, for no fault of their own, like you take advantage, you're the best, you have the leverage, you do what you do. That's, that's business. And then we had like the horrible South Africa game back in like 2016, 2017 that was done, um, in DC in the horrible uh that horrible stadium in it that was right before the rugby world cup so that was 2015 that that happened and you uh South Africa it was South Africa and another country Ireland I think uh they just no it wasn't Ireland it wasn't Ireland it was I forgot who the other one was but it was just basically a wash on that because South Africa wasn't going to send its best team over because they were getting ready for the 2015 Rugby World Cup. And it was poorly promoted and another big money loss. And, you know, we knew about the whole turnover that occurred back in 2018, 2019. Um, even Dan Payne stepping down after a very short stint as CEO. So USA Rugby as an organization from the executive side has been just kind of on a down spiral. And it's kind of sad because there's so many people who work for USA Rugby that have done good jobs, like that are not in that executive position. And, you know, there's caring people that have been in the executive position, but it's just... This this hasn't been in, and this this is like a lesson in uh, in in arrogance, uh, a lesson in humility, and a lesson in needing to allow change to happen when it's supposed to happen. So uh, we're, it's going to be interesting. A lot of people are worried about what is going to happen in terms of uh, the adjoining programs um, that go along with it, whether it's from. Um, Club rugby and what's going to occur with that? College rugby and uh, obviously uh, the international side, sevens side and fifteens. Um, needless to say, look, there's one thing that we can say for sure: the seven side is going to be okay. They they're taken care of. Uh, Fifteen side is going to be a little bit iffy because that's been really connected to the USA rugby side, uh, a USA rugby governing body. They they haven't solely done it because you know performance wise, it hasn't been too great for them. Um, and the rugby world cup probably, results uh, probably did not not a probably they didn't help anything. Um, and then on top of that, you have. Uh, you know, you, you worry about what happened with the lowers, but let's, let's put things into context. Uh, one, 
your uh, college rugby, I think, is going to be fine. Enscrow has been an individual entity uh, since its existence, and it only partnered with USA Rugby, and it really was more in recent years that it partnered. So what they'll do, and Enscrow actually released a press release uh, today, uh, you know, Tuesday, March 31st, uh, about being able to create solidarity and autonomy for themselves and being able to get insurance and have a platform to be able to uh, – position their stats and data and everything like that since USA Rugby most likely will no longer be able to hold on to it um, and be able to provide for it. So Enscrow's fine. Uh, D1A Rugby has already separated actually last year. It started at the beginning of this year, but they had already been in the process of separation right after the executive hoo-ha that went down uh, 2018. And so they're under College Rugby of America, and obviously they brought in D1 Elite if you guys have been paying attention to the news in the last few weeks. So uh, D1A Rugby is fine. They're, they're going to make it. They've been working, and if you guys have seen, uh, like we have uh, this week in College Rugby, which unfortunately is now canceled uh, until the fall because we don't have any more rugby, there's no more shows, and obviously the stay-home order around the nation has prevented the guys over in the studios to be able to come and do the production and host it. So as an analyst, we're, we're no longer needed in that aspect. But um, in terms of that, what they've done with 11 Sports, big shout-out to Shea Flowers and um, uh, 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 Kevin, uh, just – uh, being able to do the work and a bunch of other guys, Kirby and all them, uh, doing a bunch of, of, of work to be able to create a separate entity for D1A rugby and be able to properly put out the stuff that they need to. So it's, it's, it's good. We're, we're good in that. Now the question will come into what's going to happen with D2 and D1AA rugby, but you know, honestly, when it comes to this, it's I on a, I believe it's the greatest thing that you could have actually happen to rugby because it now forces rugby people to actually treat rugby like a business and actually function in a unified manner in terms of entities for themselves. And of course it's going to be unified. We're going to start, it's going to start from a regional basis and then they're going to come together as a conglomerate and work together for national championships and stuff and probably use a SIP format or fee membership fees to be able to hold on. I mean, I guess SIP is still going to exist because USA rugby is still going to exist into some form, but, um, you know, it's going to be, it's still going to be a good, it's going to be a good product. We're, we're going to see good rugby and probably we're going to see a lot more freedom because it's not going to be as many, uh, hardcore restrictions and it, and we're going to see actual executive action that happens so that the grassroots is not just lazily the grassroots out of passion, but grassroots out of mission and with, with purpose and with, uh, an intent towards a specific goal. And obviously with, MLR, MLR is not affected by this at all. So it's it's not as bad. It's not as dire as everyone wants to make it out to be. Of course, there's going to be some people that got grants and uh, a lot of youth rugby uh, social uh, social programs that were put into place that USA Rugby was helping to fund that are going to have to figure out how to reorganize themselves. But again, this is an autonomy game. And, you know, for me, you know, in Gift Time Rugby and you guys look out for it, you know, we want to be able to work on being able to connect you with uh, different marketing programs, different, you know, help where we can with finding advertisers, com coming with marketing plans or anything like that. So that rugby can be able to be a self-sustaining entity here in the U.S. The way that's the American way. 
because even look at it like this you have you think that 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 model in terms of uh how usa rugby was doing worked but you look in new zealand this coronavirus has put uh, new zealand rugby union almost out of business they're 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 fighting for bankruptcy because they lost tv money whenever super rugby had to shut down and they're trying to just do they were trying to do domestic super rugby without crowds and it's just it's not working and when the tv money doesn't come in ah that's when things start to hurt so new zealand rugby union is in pain add to that australian rugby league is in pain and if you guys didn't know about what's going on in australia rugby union was already in a world of hurt we saw they were dealing with issues with uh 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 Falau, um oh man i forgot his name the the homophobic cat um it'll come to me if i research it but i don't want to look away from the camera so um but, you know, they were already dealing with their own stuff. But they actually had a population issue. Rugby League was actually gaining traction more and more in Australia than Rugby Union. And Rugby Union was actually falling back. So it in itself was already taking hits. And then add to that now, uh, Rugby League is taking a hit too. So Australia is in a world of hurt in and of itself. So this isn't something that is just solely connected. And I'm hoping what this shows is that Rugby as a community, as an international community, is going to take its commerce seriously, like really take it as a competitive commercial entity and not a passionate one. Mind you, you know, you have Europe and they're managing and, and they work more ideally to what you like it. But, um, you know, it, it's still a slippery slope in a lot of senses. But luckily they have, if you know, Pro Pro 14 in France, uh, Guinness, um, not Guinness, uh, Premiership in in England and U- the UK and 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 most of Western Europe, like you, they're they're gonna be all right. But look, there there's this is revealing a lot of serious f- weaknesses that ish that occurred within this rugby entity, and I think it really ima- it made a difference as to why um why rugby is the sixth leading largest sport in the world but is not in the top three in most countries uh in terms of performance or in terms of activity um and shoot we're even talking like new zealand being maybe one of the few um england might be number three or four uh rugby might be three or four on that list and uh south africa you're talking about number three or four maybe on that list. Uh, and there's a few other, you know, the, the Oceania area, you might have a little bit more in that top three, but look, you're talking about things like cricket, soccer, um, playing in a, a bigger factor in a lot of these places. So, uh, you know, rugby has a real effort to overhaul its system. So, uh, I hope you guys, you know, enjoy. And also the other big news is the Olympic being moved over to 2021 and now a lot of people are like obviously that's good because the athletes just aren't, weren't going to have time i know for me it was a little bit of a loss because i was already set to go there to cover it media past life but i was already going to go over there to cover it but you know it's okay we're not losing accreditation or anything like that so it's move over but i think a lot of people didn't don't think and i think it's really unfair that it hasn't been brought up often Yo, the Women's Rugby World Cup is in 2021. Like, it is in September 2021. The Olympic Sevens is going to be in July and August of 2021. And if you actually pay attention to women's rugby, 
a lot of sevens players play 15s. So this is going to be really tight in terms of preparation and in terms of doing test matches and qualifiers leading into that. I, I think we're, we're going to see some some conflict within the women's game. And if you guys saw 2017's Rugby World, Women's Rugby World Cup, that was a really amazing Women's Rugby World Cup. Like, it was a really great, high highest ratings, well broadcast, well performing, everybody really competitive. Like, it was really dynamic. So uh, this is going to be an interesting one, what 2021 is going to bring. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be the turnover of what everything was supposed to be in 2021 and what happened in 2020, barring uh, any any worst situations happening with the coronavirus and such. So this is an interesting time that we have here in front of us. But enough of what's going on in news, guys. I want to tell you a little bit about who we got coming on. These are two great rugby players from HBCUs, uh, two of the main running HBCUs. There's about four overall that have rugby, and we're going to continue to work to grow that. But uh, uh, Mike Toussaint and Raheem Vital. Great guys, um, really hardworking, part of the, uh, not the original founders, but the early, early people. And you get a lot of history about Prairie View A&M rugby, how much HBCUs really mean um, for for the student body and how much rugby really means for it and what, what rugby can actually do. So I was really happy for this one. I'm really excited to show this. Guys, uh, you know, please you know, enjoy this. And if you guys do like it, please take the time to share this with your friends, share this with family members. We're trying to bring this out. We want to bring opportunity and network uh, to rugby and to the rugby body and just make sure that you guys just enjoy, like just basically know what this sport can actually do outside in and outside of the pitch. So uh, without further ado, please enjoy this lovely, amazing interview with Prairie View A&M's Raheem Vital and Mike Toussaint. Cheers. All right, everybody. We got another special guest for you here today. Uh, from Preview A&M Rugby, some guys that I've already known for the last couple years here. We got Raheem Vital and Mike Toussaint. Yo, it's a pleasure seeing you guys again. How have you guys been taking care of yourselves? Man, we've been good, man. Rugby is, uh, is always going on. So, you know, the game goes on and so do we. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a great feeling to be back again. It's beautiful. Man, you know, I'm I'm happy to be able to have you guys back again. You know, especially for this HBCU Rugby Classic. I think uh, we've we've set. I, I, I low key feel now we have set a tradition where uh, uh, there has to be a comeuppance on one side. The rivalry has gone strong for two years, and now it must continue to see what happens next. Uh, so I, you know, I'm happy to be able to have you. But kind of right off the bat, tell me this. You know, a lot of people didn't know about about you guys before we even really did the event in, in terms of a, a wider scale. So can you guys give a little bit of a background? Like, how did PVMU Rugby start? Uh, let's see. So one of the founder is actually still plays for the team. His name is Malik Johnson. And um, he founded the team. I don't know how, but I came in, like, a few years later. And uh, it was ran by uh, Rico. And... You know, we just took it. We just took it from there. 
You know, we had a we had like a shady coach. Well, not shady, but we didn't really like have a stable coach. But we've uh, we've like taken what we've had. We ran with it thanks to you. You know, having us with the HBCU Classic, and we've had we're now in the, the Lone Star Conference, moving up in tiers, and we just we're steadily on the rise, man. Yo, I love that. Like, I'm I'm happy to hear that because you know it's always been important to be able to know that not only is it like you guys are existing but are constantly improving and being able to uh, establish your foothold in terms of just recognition and in that performance as well. Uh, you know, for you guys, like when you, Raheem, you talked about whenever you started, and, and Mike a little bit. Like, what got you guys started playing rugby in the first place? Oh, God. so. It's funny, I actually got cut from the tennis team. And from there, I was like, well, I'm lost. And I don't, I want to be part of an organization. I want to be part of something where I can see myself grow as a person, you know. And um, that's when I had met Rico. And then Rico gave me, um, he took me to practice. And from there, it was just an amazing feeling to go, go to practice and have like this great feeling and learn this new sport completely. Um, when I started to get the ropes and when I started to understand how the game works, then I started teaching people. And it, it's a long cycle of just recruiting and teaching, but it's beautiful. It, it, it was such a great recovery from tennis, but I love it to death right now. Yeah, same. Um, I had known Rico before, like, I think like a few days before we were in the game room, we were just playing. And uh, we had an open house for PVP where, like, all the organizations come out and, like, try to advertise themselves. Yeah. And I saw Rico, and I was like, hey, you know, I know you. He was like, yeah, come, on, come over here. Let me show you something. And uh, that's how I got signed up. And I went out there, and I loved it. Like, it was, it was like a big family. Everybody was having yeah. fun. Yeah. And, like, I, I stayed. I was like, this is, this is me right here. Man, ah, dude, I love it. Like, for, for the sake of people who don't know, because we all know who Rico, but for the sake of it, Rico is Enrique Spence Brown, just for, for people to know. He was captain last year. One of He was a first-year MVP for HBC Rugby Classic. So for those who, who don't know who Rico, boom. But I didn't realize how much he had been the centerpiece for recruiting so many people in uh, over the course of the years. Uh, Prairie View A&M, the, the, the team actually started when? Was it 2014? Was it, did it start in 2015? Yeah, I think I think it was 2014. 2014. Yeah, 2014. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, your history, guys. What are you doing? No, it is. It is 20. It's 2014 for a fact. Like, <laughs> no, but you know, since you guys started playing, um, you know, you guys have had seen opportunities and stuff like. What has been the the feeling of being able to play at Prairie View A&M, but uh, play play rugby for Prairie View A&M, and even more so, what has kind of been the uh, the reaction of rugby on campus? Because as most people know, and especially with Black people, most people look at rugby as that crazy white boy sport that yeah. they just kind of lose their minds. Like, and do Black people even play? So, for you being able to represent at this HBCU, what's the experience like playing there? Um, I can say from my own experience, now I am the recruiter, so it's, it is, it is really hard finding, you know, people to recruit, but, um, for me, I was actually surprised at some of the people who were actually very interested because like you were saying, you know, you see a lot of people who are like, nah, man, there's no pads, I'm out, you know, it is, nah, bro, you guys are just freely hitting each other, I'm out, but honestly, it, it, it went down to the new people that we have recruited. They make the most strides, you know, and, and you love to see that 
And it's crazy because now it's like, oh, now that I guess we've been getting a little bit bigger and a little more, um, how would I say this? A little more exposure, you know? Now people are just, they might not be interested in playing, but they, they know who plays rugby now. Like, like I do get shout outs a lot. A lot of people call me rugby guy or, you know, rugby boy. So it is nice to have this kind of awareness and this kind of love that I get at my campus. So I love it. Yeah, yeah I said, uh, kind of the same. Uh, like, no one knew about rugby on campus. But, uh, I mean, you know, going around playing, trying to advertise, trying to be like, hey, you know, come to our game. You know, it's here on campus. Uh, they don't know what it is. I don't know how to explain it to them, honestly. I just say it's a mix of football and soccer. And I'm like, you just, you just have to come out and play. But, um, like, having having them ask and, like, not know, it, it, it does, like, affect you but you just like you know what this is a perfect opportunity to show you some greatness right now and so when people ask like you know why why are you playing it because you know that that is a white man's sport but you know what was football football started because of rugby so it's like you know you you can come you can play and then you can do what you love best you know no, and I that's that's what I always say. Like it's it's a lot of people come in with these myths and these ideas of what the sport's gonna do until it's like, yo, just come check it out. And I know even for me, even though I didn't know I, I only knew a little bit about rugby because I, I liked football when I first started. And I at the time I didn't even think rugby was like an actual play sport. I thought people played rugby like people do fencing, like, yo, let me go live my nostalgic mus- musketeer life or something like that. Um, but then whenever you get into it, it, it always catches you one on this field. Like there's a rush of being able to play on the field. And then the next thing was for me was the culture, which was the one that actually hooked me the most, where it was like, yo, it felt like we were still like it felt like college, but without the work. And then it felt like a network. And then it was just like, oh, man, this network's legit. Um, you know, with you guys, uh, obviously, you guys. You guys get to have a, a, a special advantage that I think differs from a lot of PWI schools is where you have the HBCU culture, then you have the rugby culture, and then obviously you guys are within Texas. So you get this other layers of culture. Like whenever you guys started, you know, traveling and playing teams, how did this all mix together for you guys? Like how, how did it fit? How did it connect? Um, so I'd say – for us getting into the Lone Star Conference, I believe we were there before I saw, I believe myself and Raheem joined. But when we actually got to go out there and compete against teams who were, you know, affiliated with PWIs and they were, you know, they were not part of the HBCU um, kind of culture, it, it, it is kind of like a culture shock because they're like, wow, you know, it's, I met one team in uh, University of Houston and they were just so happy to see the expansion um, as far as the sport. So it, it is a beautiful thing. As far as, like, as far as us traveling to go play, we really don't play too many teams outside of Texas. Like, all of them have been inside of Texas. So other, other than Morehouse, but every, every other team, I believe, has been, right, yeah, inside of Texas. Much. Yeah, for the most part. So we're, we're always in Texas. But what's great is that we, we go head-to-head with, like, PWIs to show that black rugby is trending and it is coming here, like, heavy. Yeah, I would say uh, when we go against teams, I feel like they're super shocked to figure out, you know, that PV has a rugby team yeah. and that that gives us a competitive edge. They're just like, whoa, never seen this before. 
let's like let, let, let's see what they got and then we just end up like destroying them because it's just they underestimate us you know we're, we're a pretty young team you know founded mm-hmm. like 2014 six years ago six six years ago yeah yeah so that that like that culture mix and that like it connecting with rugby is like giving us an edge because no one knows about us mm-hmm. but it's also not gonna lie it's also like a disadvantage because we don't have sponsors like other teams have we don't have uh, a coach that wants to come to us like other teams have because they've been established for so long and so you know it's a, it's a mix of good and bad but you know we take what we can get we work with it yeah no i mean and i i think that comes with the the i mean obviously the struggles of any new team like let's not be let's be honest you know even within rugby itself there's always a, a struggle, especially within our, the U.S., there's always a struggle of just trying to find the support and explain on its own. But then uh, then you have the layer of being a new team. So in a new team within a culture that hasn't really developed uh, rugby acumen, per se, you know, hasn't necessarily de- de- put put really known about it, to be honest with you, and that, uh, as much. So you're really starting from scratch, but you get to see it from the beginning to end. And to know that you guys have been here for six years is already amazing in and of itself. And uh, even like, I remember whenever you guys came to the first HBCU rugby classic, you guys came in hard. Like you guys came, you kind of came like you weren't here to play. Like recess is over and it's time for class. <laughs> so, you know, with, with, with that newness, because at that point it's four years that you guys have started. It's basically a class. Like what has always been the mindset for, PVMU rugby, like what? What is it that that you guys try and focus on each season to make sure that you guys are able to accomplish uh, what you want? Whether it's wins, whether it's recruiting, or whatever. Like what? What? What goes through the the team, uh, you know, philosophy? Got you, got you. Yeah. So in that in that aspect, that's really that's really one of the things that we push is family. Like before, obviously, did not know Raheem until. I got into rugby, and ever since then, this has been, like, one of the closest people, like, I can ever say I know today, so it, it is family before anything, and um, that's the best part about rugby, because I feel more or less, like, no matter win or lose, I know I'm going to war with my brothers, you know what I'm saying, so I, I understand that even if I do mess up, or if I do have a problem, I know who to go to, or I know that they'll you know, look at me and be like, hey, Mike, we got to do this and this. Or, Mikey, we got to, you know, move the ball or swing, you know. So for recruiting purposes, it, it's, it's fun to say family. But at times it's a little too generic. But it's it's honestly a big, happy family. Like, I love these people to death. Yeah. I'll say uh, our mindset uh, had been, you know, getting down to basics. Mm-hmm. You know, knowing how to pass, knowing how to run properly. Uh, knowing how to compete, really, and, and with that competitiveness, you do you do get a sense of family because we're always together trying to get better, mm-hmm. and just that that family has really like grown because when you're on the field, now you like you know what I didn't train with this guy for three weeks. Yeah, whatever I do, he's already gonna know because I we didn't we didn't done it front back sideways diagonal. So, upside down. Upside down. <laughs> like that, that that family connection really about like turns into trust when you're on the field, yeah. and so we kind of push that when we're playing, like having having that closeness with each other. No, I I think that's real, and it makes sense. Uh, like I said, being able to see how you guys are uh, on and off the pitch, like it, it really is legit a bonding. It looks like you guys have really bonded, and you guys have you you move as a unit. 
to say the least. So I think that's that's so dope. Um, you know, before we get into too much details going into the HBCU Rugby Classic, you know, I guess I always like to ask, you know, what where what was from the beginning because you guys have the, uh, the 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 pleasure of having seen this start from pretty much day one till last year and what we're going into this year. So, you know, whenever I uh, I obviously hit up Rico whenever the information was sent to me and, and, and what was known, um, whenever you guys heard that we were trying to do this HBCU Rugby Classic in 2018, like what was the thoughts? Like how did you guys come with the decision-making on that? Because I knew, I heard, it, you know, it was a challenge, you know, both financially, obviously, logistically, but you guys ended up pulling through. So what what was that process for you guys leading into that first HBCU Rugby Classic? Uh, so when we first heard about it, you know, we were like, okay, you know, <laughs> yeah. this isn't another tournament or something. <laughs> but then we, like, I started looking into it. It was like, this is Beaumont. That's, that's kind of far. Gas money. Hotels, it's also? Ba- it's Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, we were just like, ah, that's, that's a lot of money. But, like, we, we saw that it was this was something like more than just a tournament. This was something like an exposure. This was something like this is us presenting ourselves to the world. Like, hey, we are PV rugby Mm -hmm. and we came here to play. Mm -hmm. And so we we took drastic steps to uh, actually get there. We had a GoFundMe. We were doing fundraisers, asking parents, moms, uncles, aunts. Um, In the end, we went and we did we did great. We showed out. We showed that that we were here. So I felt that was that was really like. A, a great decision on our part when it came to um, doing it. Yeah, I felt like um, in terms like like I was saying before, black rugby is trending. Like any any type of exposure we could have to to just show that yeah, rugby is a wide sport, if you will. Don't get it wrong, the brothers can play too. You know what I'm saying? Like we will go out there and we will show up. On top of it, representing our our university. Um, outside of the state of Texas is one big step that I don't believe any rec sport in the university has ever done. So for us to get this type of advantage or for us to get this type of exposure has been great for us, honestly, realistically. No, I love it. You know, and, and then even for the second year, obviously the results weren't as, as preferred as you had the first year, which I think made this into a, a, a very, very unique rivalry of, of the HBCUs. You know, what what did you guys see um, that that you saw differently, not just maybe from the event, but from how people reacted to you guys uh, at on campus as well as uh, how parents saw you guys? Like, what was the difference between year one and year two for PVMU when it came to that? Okay, so year one, I, I believe when we got back, school was over. But coming, coming in, we kind of like, Got a little Twitter exposure, you know, and that's when this kind of like hype started taking off. And that's when people started to recognize us. You know, we'd walk down and be like, oh, you play rugby? Yeah, I play rugby, like by random people. Uh, so that 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 kind of put the foundation for year two. We got to go in and it's just win, win, win. Like it is, like you said, we're, we're going out of recess. We're going straight to class. Like it's all business here. Um, obviously, the results did not land that way. But for us, I believe, now going into year three, which is crazy to say now, going into year three, it's more fire, you know. It's, it's more fuel to the fire that we have to go out there and, and not, just, not just play, but to execute 
perfectly. Um, like I feel like right now it's with, with the type of bonding and, and uh, the type of bonding and family that we do have now, I do feel like the morale is high, the chemistry is higher. They're like, this is going to be the best one yet. Um, for me, on year one, I feel like, you know, it was just a, a test, you yeah. know, to see, to see, like, you know, what, what can we do? What all is PV rugby capable? What all, what all are HBCUs capable? Mm-hmm. Um, and so we went there, we won, we whooped some tails, and they was like, okay, okay, yeah. we see it. Yeah. We understand, you know, that really got us that, that like, foothold in, at PV and at, like, at, at all HBCUs. Like, you know, PV has a team, you know, they're winning, they're doing stuff with this uh, at this HBCU classic. And then year two, we had more people come, or I felt like, and then we had we had more exposure. People were like, y'all win, y'all yeah. like, what's happening? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, we didn't win, but they were happy that we were there again. And, like, it's an annual thing now. We, we want to make it an annual thing, of course. And, like, just that exposure, like, people are knowing about They want to know, like, hey, what are y'all doing? Y'all good? You know, that, that overall us getting known, people actually getting to know us, I feel like that, that was the difference between year one yeah, and year two. Most definitely. Because yeah, year one, it was it's hard to – it's hard to promote it because we didn't really have many. I don't. Know, I wouldn't say audience. Yeah, we wouldn't. We didn't have much of an audience. But year two, although granted, all the times is pretty much at the end of the school year. But still, it's people who are very interested and they they really do love us. Like they like to see us going down the hallway, or they like to ask, "Oh, how'd you guys do last week?" Or "How was the game against Texas A&M?" You know, it's just these these little questions that they ask. It really shows that they do care. Um, it's been amazing. Man, dude, I, I love to hear that. I love to hear I love to hear that you guys are getting got more attention or and get more attention. It's and because you guys have put in that work. Like that's that's you guys have been putting in that work and, and all it does is just slowly blossom, especially whenever people know that you know you're representing for not just yourselves, you're representing for the community, for the sport, for your team, for your guy. Like that's real. So I'm happy to hear that, you know. Um, you know, going into this third year, uh, last year we kind of added a component to it, which was the high school side, and this year we get to kind of improve on it more. Um, for you guys, like, what does it mean to be able to kind of have high schoolers who, you know, maybe not may not have known about you guys or known about HBCU rugby, but you know, you guys have a chance to be able to perform in front of them and then more importantly, create a network and communicate with them. Like, what does that possibly mean for, for y'all in terms of what, what the future could hold? Yeah, um, I would say, like, when I learned about recruiting, there's, like, two different types of recruiting. You could recruit internally with what we have, you know, as far as the university, or you could recruit externally, which would be, in that case scenario, the high schoolers or incoming freshmen, you know, to show that, Hey, this is Prairie View. We have a rugby organization, and we're not just your bare bones or your basic rugby organization. We're here as a family. We're here as a, you know, we're here as a strong force within our campus. So um, it just gives you a little taste of the campus. At the same time, you get to obviously see the rugby team. Um, it's a it's a great recruiting technique. Honestly, this is one of the reasons why I feel like every time we do make uh, appearances outside of Prairie View that we have to be in tip-top shape. You know, we have to just go out there and be monsters. And that's that's, that's just kind of like how I feel, especially with the high schoolers, because myself and Raheem, we didn't have the high school experience for us to go play rugby. So it is a blessing for them, definitely. And I love the idea of high schoolers playing at the HBC Classic. 
It's great. Oh, yeah. I feel like um, to have them, like, sit or to have us play in front of them, it's it's not only, like, a something to look up to, mm-hmm. but it's like, you know, maybe I should go with them. Like, like it's like, it's like watching pros for them, you yeah. know, or, or at least watching that next level. Like, yeah. okay, like, maybe if I can't go to this school, I want to at least be like them. I want to. I want to know how they're doing. I want to know what, what how they learn this move. It's like it's like having that figure in your life, or like in the basis of rugby. Yeah. I feel like having that having them there is like a, a really great a great thing to do because not everybody has somebody to watch when when it comes to rugby. Like you know, I can I can watch pros all I want to, but I'm not gonna know how to do what the pros do. I can't go up and talk to them yeah. personally. Yeah. When when they're there, they can talk to me like, hey. Where'd you learn this? How'd you learn this? What are some tips, tricks? You know, how'd you get through this? I'm going through school right now. Like we can relate on that personal level. Most definitely. So that's why it's it's, it's an overall like great, great like sequence that. Yeah, no, that's real. Uh, no, and I think that makes sense. I, I think you know, again, it goes back to the issue of the exposure. Like you, you, the more that you're able to set out, especially when it comes to these new audiences, the more it gives you a chance to establish the credibility of who you are. Well, well, right, you know, and and then all you can again, all you can do is just grow from there, and and even puts a challenge on the club too to be like, look, we're out here, yo, we're gonna work to make sure that we're maintaining it too. You want to be able to come join in part of that, you know development and be part of that history and everything like that so uh i I think that's awesome that even for you mike that to be able to get the recruiting eye from it and reem to be able to you know understand the influence that comes along with that like that's 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 what we all try to do and try to do i guess to grow the sport as cliche as that term has become but you know we're trying to grow the sport (laughs) and so now that you guys uh, uh, obviously have the HBC Rugby Classic, you guys have created a rivalry. Last first year, you guys completely dominated. Second year, Morehouse dominated. So for you, what was what was the uh, what was the what's the mindset now? Like whenever you if you ever get a chance to talk with the Morehouse guys, or do you guys uh, like what's the mindset now going into it? Is it like oh we're gonna show out and show out, or are we going? Is it like Yo, we gotta get back at these Morehouse guys. Like, yo, we can't be letting them take our stuff like that. Yeah, I definitely feel like, I guess because it's a little more personal to me. I got a little close with the Morehouse guys, and this is actually my last year playing. So with that, I'm like, I'm going out with a bang. Like, there's no more, there's no more L's. 2020. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you, I, I, this is one of the biggest games I'm gonna play while I have this PV rugby jersey on. So every time I step up to these guys at the HBCU Classic, I can't, there's no more time to mess up because I have no more time left, you know, if we're being honest. So I feel like the first game, it was like, okay, let's go test the waters. Second game, uh, we already beat these guys, but I know we can handle them. Obviously, that didn't happen. Third game, but we're coming. Like, we're, we're serious this time. Um, no joke. I got some dogs in the dog pound, and they, they've been waiting to come out, man. That's all I can say. <laughs> Oh yes, uh, my mindset is though they they took something from me. I'm going to get it back. Yeah, we coming. We have uh, some new people ready to go. We've been hyping them up about it, training them. We we ready to go get that W back. Yeah. They, they took something from us. Yeah, no, for real. Oh yes, we coming with that heat. That heat. <laughs> <laughs> Bring that fire. <laughs> it's like Miami in here. That Miami heat. Okay. <laughs> oh. Oh man, yes indeed, yo, I love it. 
I love it. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, I, I've always enjoyed every time you guys come out. It always is to be able to see this, like, just come into fruition. Like, it always makes me excited. Like, it's, it's a highlight for me, too, because it's seeing you guys, you know, seeing how people react to it, uh, seeing the growth. And then obviously just it's I, we, we're all developing this network that I don't think uh, people always realize that like, rugby can give. But even intricately, uh, it changes, like, the mindset. It just goes from it being like, yo, you know, we had these people, but we also got, you know, those, yeah. you know, ours yeah. as well. And uh, uh, it makes everything feel even more intimate, more personal, you know, more real. And so if you got to go whoop ass, then, yo, you're whooping ass out of love. But yeah. <laughs> I didn't know we could say that. I did not know we could say that. But now that I know. Like, no, I always tell people, it's like, yo, any team is always like, that's your little brother. It's like, yo, you don't want your little brother to suck. You don't want your little brother to, to hurt. You don't want to hurt your little brother. But, yo, if your little brother's trying to step up to the game, yo, you got to show him what's up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, no. Yeah, he has to, look, you have to, you have to get beaten to beat. Look, that's, that's the truth. Hey. <laughs> But yeah, I I love this. I love this. Um, it, it's it's been such a crazy. Now that I think about it, I think you had one of these games on your birthday. Yeah, that was the first birthday. one. That was the first that was one. The first one. Yeah, and then it just goes to show that like when we first realized that, I was like, yo, this guy is crazy about rugby. Like, I don't know if you, I don't know if you went through it, but I was like, yo, get this crazy about rugby. Like, if we're being honest here, like that guy is in love with the sport, and then we follow your social media. And how ridiculous you are! I mean, we love it. You know what I'm saying? So, like, we big fans of that. Um, so, for us, like, when we see when we see the top dog, which would be you, going crazy and hyping this up, it puts like we talk about fuel to the fire. It puts a lot of fuel for us because it's like, yo, this is what you want to see, and I bet you want to see a good one. Like, this is probably gonna be the best one. I'm telling you that. I agree. Point. Yeah, and I'm putting twenty dollars that I'm gonna win. The MVP right now on air. Look, I said, let's, let's, let's go. This is the year of the Tucson. It's the year of the Tucson. I'm calling it. <laughs> Give me a T-shirt. Look. <laughs> get, get it nice. Get it nice across the back. Yeah, I'll get you one too. Look. <laughs> For the team. Yeah, I forgot. But the team. Yeah. <laughs> no, man. I I love it. I love it. Um. You know, kind of closing it out um, for you guys, you know, what is what is it that you guys want people to, whenever they see PVMU rugby, whenever they, whether it's they see you guys' shirts or whether they see you guys in the uh, on the streets, whether they see you guys or just hear about it, when they hear, see, whatever, PVMU rugby, what do you want them to know it means to them? Like, what do you want them to know to, to associate with that name? Oh, man. Okay. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Okay. Um, I really do like that one. But what I want to tell a lot of people is you want to change the narrative. Like I've been saying, and I, I've kind of like driven this during my time of playing rugby. I want to make black rugby trending. Like I, it's just something there's not a lot of HBCUs that have rugby teams, if we're being honest. So I want to make black rugby a thing. You know, we talk, we talk so much about, you know, how are we as the black community going to be a powerhouse in society. The thing is, you know, we have to step outside of the box sometimes. And, and, and if that means going to try out that sport, you know, that's, that's a risk that somebody had to take when it came to playing basketball. 
You know, there has to be the first black person to play basketball. Now, I'm not saying there's not black people who play rugby, but there's not enough. And with the talent that I've seen across the boards with seven on seven or or just random, you know, basketball pickup games, uh, we definitely have the talent within HBCUs to go out there and just be a, a force within, you know, within this conference. Hopefully, if we have black rugby trending, we could have our own conference, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's kind of the thing. Um, honestly, I want to show people that, yeah, we're, we're part of Prairie View. And we wanted to show that Prairie View is a bunch of, like, gentlemen you know out there like we're 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 business gentlemen like we we don't we don't want to have the stereotypical thug look or we don't want to be associated in that kind of crowd we want to be respected you know we want to be loved and we want to show a dominant force like like a dominant male force you know um but at the same time we want black rugby to be as big as we envision it to be you know so um that's that's one thing that i say when you look at prairie view rugby you definitely see just like higher, higher excellence, you know, as professionals, as professionals, you know. Mm-hmm. So for me, when people uh, like think about PV rugby, I don't want them to think about it the way they think about football yeah. or, or basketball. I want to have a every high school or at least in the mind of every high school mm-hmm. and like if you're if, if you're in college i want people to think oh you know maybe i'm thinking about doing the, the pv rugby team i heard they're doing good yeah or i heard they're a dominant presence on campus yeah. that's that's really my vision for um for the team also i also want you to think about the women women too we have yeah. a women's team we have a women's team now yeah so i want women yeah. i want women to think about you know when i get to college i want to join the women's pv rugby team yeah we, we, we have a little women's sevens team. They looking fierce, okay? Dude, this what's up? Wait, wait. Yeah. Why are they coming to the HBCU Rugby Classic? Oh, uh, they, they are. Uh, the, when, when it comes to competing, they're, they're having uh, – we're planning on for them to have a few scrimmages and a few, like, you know, little friendly games here. Uh, but it's their first year playing. Right. You know, so uh, a lot of them, they will be returning next, next year. So it's, it's giving them time to grow. You know, because when we leave, they got to set the foundation for the women's division. So Right. Yeah. Right. No, and that's, that's what I'm talking about. That is what, that is the other side, you know, being able to see that develop too. Because, like, yeah. a lot of people, like, I always tell people, look, in other sports, it always feels like there's some kind of inequity that goes with it. Like, you go women's, you go football and you go women's football and you go, eh. You go basketball and women's basketball, people go, eh. But if you go see women's rugby and you go see ru- women's rugby, you're just like, no, 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 no. Everybody's just a beast in this one. Like, yeah. yo, it's just beast mode. Like, there's no rule differences and all that. And it's like, yo, yeah. they just getting it done out there, too. So to be able to know that you guys have been looking out for that, and especially, makes a huge difference. And, like, you guys, changes the narrative in a major way. Yeah. Yeah. It's been, it's been such a great thing. Like we said, we don't have a – it goes to also show how well our coaching abilities are because we have to we have to actually coach the girls like and it's not like with the guys we're, we're more like on-field coaches but with the girls we're actually sitting there you know like going over the x's and o's you know it, it's something that that i didn't even notice we were doing until like the other day i was looking and we're just like helping out the wings and helping out the scrums and it's like wow like you know it's crazy somebody was once teaching me this and now I'm teaching like a whole women's division, you know, on how to play this sport. So it's beautiful. 
Um, this is this is why we want to go out there and show out because we're more than just a men's rugby team. We're a rugby family, you know. And um, yeah, like it, it's beautiful. It, it, it's it's crazy when we think about it, but the women's division has already started. Like we're already like getting jerseys and everything. So they're they're really serious about it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it, it's Dude. such a great look for the university. Dude, that's 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 uh, that's awesome. That is that is the that's one of the best things I've gotten to hear, because uh, I know there's a lot a lot of these uh, these girls out here who have been. I keep getting hit by a lot of coaches asking about that in a major way too. Like, yo, is there like girls rugby at some HBCUs and stuff? And you know, we heard little starts and stops, but you know, I remember actually even Rico telling me last year you guys had started working on it. So to hear that it's yeah. even developed. That's developed to the point where you guys have establishment, and even next year you got a great return. Like it's gonna work the same uh, with like it did for the men's side. So that is that is truly massive in that. But um, and and we'll add one more bit of praise to you guys. You know, don't get too big headed on it though. But <laughs> it's like, um, you know, I I do have to say, you know, I, I have to appreciate that you guys have always been uh, consistent. Uh, whether it is on what you guys do with social media, making sure you guys have good games, making sure that you guys are together. Like from you guys say you see me, I see what you guys are doing too. And I'm I'm really happy because not a lot of teams do it. And especially when it comes to teams that you're starting up, like you're you're creating generation. This is from this is coaches that you guys push out from that refs that you guys push out from what you guys do. So I'm really happy to know that you guys have continued to press the boundaries and uh, like as as I said before, changing the narrative uh, one one step at a time. So um, big ups to you guys for 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 doing that work. So uh, yeah, you know. Thank you. Thank you so much. <laughs> but all right, well, that's all I got for today. You know, I want to thank you guys, Mike, Raheem. Thank you so much for just taking the time. Yeah, thank no you problem. so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having. Dude, I want to thank, again, Mike Toussaint, Raheem Vital. Great. Thank you for having you guys come on. I really appreciate it. And, guys, you know, check out some of our other podcasts. Uh, we had Nia Tapper on. Uh, we had Dave Rimes, uh, USA All-American and Atlantis rugby player out of Florida. And, of course, we had Kyle and Tiana Granby of Roots Rugby. So great interviews, great talks. We have a lot more coming up for the coming weeks. You guys stay tuned. Please, again, check us on our website, GiftTimeRugby.com. Gift Time, you can find us on social media at Gift Time Rugby on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, uh, YouTube as well. You're going to be seeing this here on YouTube. To, and please do not hesitate to follow. Please do not hesitate to like. You can check this out on all uh, the uh, podcast platforms. And again, like I said, enjoy. Please share it with your friends and family. We want to do something big for you guys. And the more that you guys are showing love, the more motivation it is for me to make sure you guys get the best because you deserve it. And uh, I, I really do appreciate all you have. So you guys have a great day. You guys stay safe, stay healthy, stay blessed, stay loved. And and maintain good vibes in your direction. This is all going to come to an end, but make sure you can take the sweet out of the bitter. This is Gift Gift Time, a Bailu here on the Grow Rugby Podcast. See you soon. Grow Rugby. Grow Rugby. Grow Rugby.